episode number 15. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Unstuck. I am now on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean than I usually am throughout the year. That is, I am now in the United States visiting family and planning lots of Getting Unstuck meetups, all of which I write about in my newsletter. So if you have yet to subscribe to it, please head over to my website so you can stay abreast to all of the events that go on in the Getting Unstuck community. Okay, so this week I'm going to share a story with you. It's actually two stories where I considered no one is thinking about me. And by the way, when I say that, I say that in the most positive way possible. But before we continue, I'd like to share with you an iTunes review of the week. This one comes from Dr. Shari. She wrote, I am new to the world of podcasts and have thoroughly enjoyed listening and learning about the Stuck Method. As a clinical psychologist, I was interested to hear if Shira's approach fit with my point of view, and it definitely does. In relationships, we really only have control over what we do and think and feel. And Shira's method focuses the listeners on just that. Really valuable advice. Oh, Dr. Sherry, thank you so much for that review. Yes, 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 that is absolutely what this is all about. Recognizing the control that we have over what we can do and think and feel. And actually, that's a perfect segue into this week's stories. So again, Dr. Shari, I thank you for taking the time to send in that review. It surely means a lot to me. Okay, you ready? So this happened about two weeks ago. My community set out for an annual community camping trip. Basically, what this is about is that each family drives to this one particular campground, and together we prepare the food over the two days that we are together, and we have a bonfire at night with a sing-down, and it's right on the water, so in the morning there's an opportunity to splash in the small river with your children. It's really something special, and I probably should be really grateful that it exists and that there's a committee that puts it together every year. But here's the thing. I'm not a night person at all. I love going to bed early, and I love waking up early. And from my experience at these community camping trips, you tend to go to bed really late. And then there's the sleeping issue because there's tons of babies crying in all the various tents around you. And that makes sleeping really, really hard. And well, I just told my husband that I didn't want to go. 
that it wasn't really so important to me to be with our community on this trip. I mean, we live in such a small community anyway, so I see these people every day, and I really, really felt fine with not going. But my husband really wanted to go, and my four kids wanted to go, so we went. And on that trip, I got stuck twice. And both times had nothing to do with anyone else there. In other words, in both of these stuck stories, I triggered myself. So here's story one. We had arrived a little bit on the later side. And after we pitched our tents, as far as we could, by the way, from the center of the camp so that we could stay away from the crying babies, but still stay with the group. I noticed that the group had started with the barbecuing. And I saw people flipping hamburgers and other people were taking hot dogs off the grill. And I saw kids that were already starting to take plates and start to eat. And it was like 8.30 at night already at this point. And I know from experience that I don't do well when I eat close to the time that I go to sleep. And I don't sleep well either when I do that. And I don't feel well in the morning, for that matter. And I definitely don't do well when I eat meat at night. I mean, I'm pretty much a vegetarian anyway, like 99% of the time. And if I do choose to eat a piece of meat once in a while, it's certainly not going to be at night. And I knew that if I were going to sit down with everyone when they were eating, that maybe it would make me feel uncomfortable, or maybe it would make them feel uncomfortable that I wasn't eating, or maybe that I'd even start eating even though I didn't want to. And I just thought it was going to be easiest if I just didn't sit with the group. So I told my husband that I was going to take my yoga mat and go do some yoga far away from the group under a tree. Now he was totally cool with that. But the thing is, When I was trying to do my yoga, all I noticed was myself getting stuck on, everyone is probably talking about me. Everyone probably thinks I'm a loser. Everyone probably thinks I'm better than them because I'm not sitting down with them. Right? Like if you could have seen me in that moment, I would have appeared to you probably as a very calm person doing yoga. But inside... My mind was going nuts. I kept having all these thoughts about what others were thinking about me. But I got myself unstuck, and I'll share with you how in a moment. The second story, which is very similar, happened around 9.30 that night, just like an hour later. My youngest child, who is six, said he wanted to go to sleep. And he didn't want to go alone because all of the other children were still awake, running around, having a great time. But he was tired and he wanted to go to sleep. And he asked if I would lay down with him. So I did. And kind of happily, because what did that mean? That I probably would fall asleep and then I wouldn't have to go over to the bonfire, which was starting, where people were going to be drinking and smoking and being loud and making me be more awake than I probably would want to be. And what can I say? I mean, I'm not old, but that's just not my thing. 
I'd rather curl up with a good book and fall asleep under the stars than do what the rest of my community was doing. So I laid down with my son. But of course, what happened? I fell asleep. And then around 11.45 at night, my eyes popped open and I heard the music coming from the guitar from the bonfire that was going on. And what were my first thoughts? Everyone's probably talking about me. They think I'm a loser. Everyone thinks I'm probably better than them because I'm not sitting with them. I mean, really, can you believe that? That was what I was wondering about. My mind was consumed with what my community was thinking about me. And I was like half in the tent, half out of the tent. I should go be with the group. I should go back to sleep. It was just crazy. And then I remembered that I had gotten stuck just about an hour before that from very similar thoughts. So I quickly got myself back to doing the work to get unstuck. And this is what I did in both instances. I, S, took a stop. I closed my eyes. I took a breath and temporarily separated myself from the story. Taking a stop really helps remind me that the story is in my mind and it's not necessarily in anyone else's. And then I, T, told myself what I was stuck on. Embarrassment, maybe shame, fear, maybe anxiety. You, uncover. I believe people will be commenting about me. I believe I won't know how to respond to people if they ask me, where was I when during the bonfire? I believe people have expectations of me. I believe I can't do things on my own at these community events. I believe I should be with the community. But I checked in with all of those thoughts and realized that none of them were 100% true. Then I see, considered. I can consider... I can just tell people I wasn't hungry or that I was doing some yoga or that I was laying down with my son, all of which were true. I can consider, I can absolutely go off on my own and do things on my own at community events. There's no rules. I can consider that maybe others feel the same way, but they're nervous in doing something about it. I can consider no one has any expectations of me. I can consider no one is thinking about me, that most of the people here in this group have little babies or little children, and they are consumed with their own lives and their own families, and that Shira Taylor Gura is the last thing on their mind. So, of course, I took that on for both stories. But isn't it amazing that simple consideration that I just could not see when I was stuck. Of course they're not thinking about me. There were like 150 people there or something. Of course they're not thinking about me. And even if they were thinking, hey, where's Shira? It certainly wouldn't have been something that would have consumed them. 
<sighs> so in the tent, at midnight, I considered, no one is thinking about me. And I closed my eyes, and I drifted back to sleep. And it was wonderful. And it was a quiet night. And around 5 a.m., I woke up with the sun, took out my yoga mat, and practiced taking some long stops, and then doing some yoga in nature underneath a beautiful tree. And while many other people in our group seemed to have woken up kind of groggy, I felt energized and refreshed, not only to lead a yoga session, but also to initiate a musical prayer session in the morning. It was wonderful. And I reminded myself, of course, that it was okay that I got stuck in the first place because it happens. Whew, thank God I got unstuck from that. Can you just imagine how I could have really ruined such a wonderful opportunity had I been consumed by such thoughts? Walking around nervously wondering what others were thinking about me. No, sorry, I got myself unstuck and I had an awesome trip. And you know what? Knowing that I was able to do this, I have gained confidence that I can do it next time and I look forward to going on this trip next year. So my friends, take a moment and think about how you may sometimes trigger yourself. Where in your life do you tell yourself things that may not necessarily be 100% true? Maybe that you're not good enough in something. Maybe that you need to be more of something. Maybe that others are thinking something about you when they're not. And where can you consider that no one is thinking about you? Again, not in a negative way, like nobody cares about you, but in a way like you are not consuming their minds. Actually, this reminds me of a story when I helped my teenage daughter just recently, a few months ago, get unstuck from all of the same chatter. It was in her mind when she wanted to go to her first party where she knew there was going to be drinking and probably drugs. And she wanted to go to the party. But she was consumed with how others were going to look at her because she didn't want to pick up a beer bottle or do drugs, but she wanted to be with her friends. Wow, that is a great story. And especially if you're a parent. And I will add it to my list of future episodes so that I can share that with you. Make sure you listen to that one. That is a great story. So do you have friends that tend to get stuck in their own self-talk or family members? If you do, please consider sharing this podcast episode with them. It could very well create a big shift in their thinking and make a big change in the way they live their lives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others in your life. So remember, coming up later this month will be an episode featuring a story from a podcast listener, another story from me regarding forgiveness 
towards someone I couldn't forgive for like three years. And I will also be interviewed on live radio in the United States on August 24th. So please stay tuned for all of that good stuff coming up. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there's a lot of quality programming out there, and I do appreciate the fact that you have chosen to join me on mine. So thank you. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com. Thank you.